Gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's Gospel beginning in the third chapter of the 20th verse. And Mark wrote about these things. Jesus came home and as usual a crowd gathered, so many making demands on him that there wasn't even time to eat. His friends heard what was going on and they went to rescue him by force if necessary. They suspected that he was getting carried away with himself. The religion scholars from Jerusalem came down, spreading rumors that he was working black magic, using devil's tricks to impress them with spiritual power. And Jesus confronted their slander with a story. Doesn't it make sense to send, it does, does it make sense to send a devil to catch a devil, to use Satan to get rid of Satan? A constantly squabbling family disintegrates. If Satan were fighting Satan, there soon wouldn't be any Satan left. Do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions unless you tie him up first? Tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. Now listen to this carefully, I'm warning you. There's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you persist in your slander against God's Holy Spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives, sawing off the branch on which you are sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. And he gave this warning because they were accusing him of being in league with evil. And just then his mother and brothers showed up, and standing outside they relayed a message that they wanted a word with him. He was surrounded by the crowd when he was given the message. Your mother and brothers and sisters are outside looking for you. And Jesus responded, Who do you think are my mother and brothers? And looking around, taking in everyone seated around him, he said, Right here, right in front of you, my mother and my brothers. Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O oh Lord, by your grace, bring us into your big family. Help us to feel a part of the family. Help us to see all people as brothers and sisters in your family. In the name of the one who was killed in part because he hung out with people like us, we pray. Amen. An old Apple TV commercial was aimed at rebranding Apple products. And the tagline for the commercial and the company at the time was, think different. It's a phrase that is grammatically incorrect, which I think is indeed part of the point. In the commercial, they showed a collage of photographs and film footage of people who have invented and inspired, created and sacrificed to improve the world, to make a difference. They showed people like Bob Dylan, Amelia Earhart, Frank Lloyd Wright, Maria Callas, Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King Jr., Jim Henson, Albert Einstein, Pablo Picasso, Mahatma Gandhi, and 
on and on. And as the images rolled by, a voice read this piece, and I quote, Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. Now, while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. So I've got to ask you this morning, are you out of your mind? Because our world right now, folks, needs some crazy people. Crazy enough to believe that God is real and that Jesus lives. Crazy enough to believe in and follow the radical teachings and example of this very same Jesus. Crazy out of your mind enough to believe that love and acceptance of others is greater than all the powers of evil and death. Out of your mind enough to believe that the world doesn't have to be the way it often seems to be. That there is a way to lay down our weapons and experience peace. You know, God has gifted us with the ability to think beyond what is possible. Imagination is a gift and the freedom to use it can be dangerous. For it opens the mind to possibilities beyond what appears to be possible. But the danger is that others, usually bound in the illusions of normalcy, find such freedom to imagine a threat. I think it's a big part of our story for today. The text for this week is just full of conflict and tension. The crowds have grown so large that Jesus can't even get around doesn't even eat. And the accusations rise, and imagine the religion, the religion scholars from Jerusalem now show up in the countryside. All of this in-breaking kingdom stuff with healings and miracles and demons and people ripping holes in other people's roofs, well, it's just getting out of control. There must be some kind of sound reason for all of this stuff that is going on both through and around Jesus. We just can't explain it, but we do know this. He must be out of his mind. He's indeed a rule breaker. He's not behaving the way we've come to believe that we all should. And as a result, even his immediate family thought that he had just out and out lost it. He is just out of his head. So in this story, They've come to take him safely home. But before they could get that done, those religion scholars from Jerusalem accuse him now of being possessed by the devil. You see, their fear isn't just that he's nuts. They think he's possessed and therefore must be stopped. And in the middle of all this conflict, Jesus reacts a bit strangely, I think. 
He tells them a story. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asks. No one can enter a strong man's house and walk off with his property without first tying up the strong man. Tie him up, and then you can clean him out. That's a curious response, don't you think? Jesus is saying, how can I be Satan when I cast out Satan? That makes sense. He's not possessed by Satan. He's Satan's enemy. He's destroying Satan's house by breaking the rules, by forgiving people's sins, by healing the sick on the Sabbath, even though it is against the law, by eating with tax collectors and sinners, even though everyone else hated them. But these religion scholars know that following God, being righteous, meant following rules and obeying. And because Jesus didn't do this, people thought that he was out of his mind crazy, possessed him. So now I'm more than just a bit curious. You suppose we're any different from these folks who confronted Jesus? Don't we think that there are rules to follow, and if we don't follow them, people will think that we are out of our blessed minds? Are there unspoken rules in our churches that we just aren't supposed to break? Can you sit in someone else's seat, even though it's just a pew? But you know, I sit in the same spot every week, so don't sit there. Are there people here you've worshipped with for years, but you have no idea who they really are, what they do for a living, what their life story is? Why is that? If we have unspoken rules here, I wonder if Jesus might just be inviting us to break them. Might he be asking us to live just a little bit differently? And what might that look like? It might look like an inclusive place where all, all, are unconditionally welcome. It might look like an open table where if you love Jesus, if you repent of your sin, and you seek to live in peace with one another, you are more than welcome here. I think we need to think of the small, easy ways Jesus asks us to break rules that have become barriers to extending our notion of family. We really do need to be a bit out of our minds to do this. Because people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that do. Thank God. Amen. Oh,